Hello, uh, everybody, and thank you for listening uh, again to this week's Tech Law 10. I'm Jonathan Armstrong over here in London, and with me is my colleague Eric Sinrod over in San Francisco. And Eric, you've been looking at a Google Glass prosecution which isn't as transparent as it might first appear. That's true. And by the way, thank you for uh, everyone out there for joining us for our most recent Tech Law 10. We're going strong here in 2014. And yes, this might be the first case of many, perhaps, that have arisen here in the United States. But let's just back up a little bit um, and talk about what is Google Glass. Uh, Google Glass brings the Internet right to your face. Uh, it brings computer functionality right onto an eyeglass device. So now you can frolic online literally while on the go. Uh, that presents the question, is that a good thing? Uh, we already live our lives via all sorts of technology, including desktops, laptops, tablets, and smartphones. Do we really need more? Um, that certainly can be debated in terms of the ramifications of living constantly in cyberspace, perhaps instead of the here and now of the real world, Jonathan. But then we have the real issue of safety. Uh, do we want people operating motor vehicles and other types of machinery while potentially distracted by surfing the web on eyeglass devices? I think we would probably say no in most instances. Well, now, now let's turn to a real situation as opposed to theoretical hypotheticals. Uh, last week, Jonathan, according to the Associated Press, a San Diego traffic court addressed a citation that had been issued to, a, issued to a woman thought to be the first person in the U.S. who had been ticketed for operating a motor vehicle while wearing Google Glass. Uh, ultimately, the traffic commissioner in that case held that the motorist was not guilty. And you might say to yourself, well, what happened? Why? Well, the commissioner in that case came to that result because the motorist had been cited pursuant to a code provision that requires proof that the device actually was in use while the motorist was driving. Uh, and in that particular case, the police officer did not prove that beyond a reasonable doubt, which is our criminal standard here. Uh, but here's a, a fair warning to everyone. Uh, the commissioner did conclude that that particular code section does bar the use of a TV, video screen, or similar device in the front of a car while moving, something that likely would be broad enough to apply to Google Glass, uh, and such language uh, may be found in existing traffic laws elsewhere. Uh, mm. uh, and in fact, the Associated Press reports that at least three states, uh, New Jersey, Delaware, and West Virginia, already have introduced bills that specifically ban driving with Google Glass. So I think, Jonathan, the question arises then, how do we provide proof, or how would a police officer provide proof showing that Google Glass was actually being used while driving, because that seems to be the key. Uh, and absent an admission from the driver, uh, perhaps the device and or records pertaining to the device would have to be analyzed to determine whether it was being used at the same time the police officer suspects the motorist was driving. But mm. Jonathan, long story short, and legal considerations aside, I think we should <laughs> advise folks please do not use Google Glass while driving. Uh, perhaps it should not even be on your face while you're in your car behind the wheel so you're not suspected of use and so that you're not even tempted uh, to use it. Uh, just like texting can be somewhat of an irresistible urge while in the car, Google Glass could be the same and perhaps even more dangerous.
uh, also worth 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 noting uh, the device can potentially obscure uh, a driver's uh, peripheral vision. So I think this is the first of perhaps many, and I'd be interested in your thoughts, Jonathan, on this. I, I think that's uh, I think they're all great points. I mean, I think the law here would be pretty similar as well. I mean, we do have um, th things like construction use regulations and. The law in a number of jurisdictions, I know, prohibits exactly the same. TV, for example, can't uh, run uh, unless the vehicle's stationary. And then we also have catch-all provisions in the UK. For example, I guess the offence would be driving without due care and attention. And those prosecutions have been brought for all sorts of things, you know, drinking hot coffee whilst moving, uh, putting on lipsticks, uh, a female in this case, rather than a prominent politician, and so on. So, so these prosecutions have been brought in the past, and I agree with you, it's only a matter of time before a Google Glass prosecution uh, is brought. And I, I guess I would suspect that it, it wouldn't, uh, you know, a, 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 an offence like driving uh, without due care and attention might apply um, where, whether or not the apparatus is switched on. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, the police are likely to be able to prove whether the apparatus is switched on or not because it's relatively routine, particularly in the event of accidents, for the police to ask for mobile or cell phone records to uh, be able to indicate whether the individual was on the telephone or not at the time or whether they were texting or not. And we've had some uh, heart-wrenching cases, particularly with truck drivers who've been texting whilst on the move and have caused accidents and have rightly been prosecuted in some cases for causing death by uh, dangerous or reckless driving. Mm -hmm. So at the other end, we have those offences. More generally, yeah. I think, the other issue that we have, of course, with Google particularly, is the sort of omniscient world of Google, that the more we connect with different Google applications, the more Google collects our whereabouts and our habits. So there are considerable privacy data protection aspects to Google Glass, as well as the safety aspects. Uh, recently, in the last three or four or five weeks, Google's um, privacy policy has been criticized by regulators in the Netherlands, in Spain, and in France. Um, Google have the highest ever fine now from the uh, French CNIL, the French Data Protection Authorities. That's not saying much. It's not a huge fine. Uh, but there's also a potential class action in the UK, which may be more worrying, where um, the claimants in that case allege that the uh, privacy policy in Google is not clear enough, and the way in which Google collect information on the individuals isn't as disclosed. Now, my understanding is that Google tried to get that case transferred to the U.S., and in a judgment handed down last Thursday, I believe, Google were unsuccessful. So that case is likely to come before the U.K. courts, who will judge whether Google do what they say in their privacy policy. And if they do more than that, then there are more consequences. And obviously, as you add more ways of interacting with Google, you know, by YouTube, by Google Maps, by Google Glass, then that difficulty increases. 
um, to the extent that I know a number of my corporate clients as well are reliant on Google applications for supporting some of what they do. And I think the best advice in that situation is if you're a corporation that uses a lot of Google products or facilitates your customers using Google products, for example, to find a map to your uh, nearest showroom or whatever, I think you also need to consider the uh, you know, the omnipresence uh, of Google there as well. Should you be disclosing that off to your customers if there are deficiencies in, in Google's uh, disclosure? And obviously on things like Google Glass, disclosure is very difficult anyway. You know, you don't want to put up a pop-up screen in somebody's eye to say, are you driving? Because that could be distracting. Because the pop-up screen itself in their eye is also a distraction. Um, yeah. So I think you raised some great points there, Eric, and I suspect it's another one. Uh, I was going to say watch this space, watch this space, but watch this space with the naked eye rather than with the glasses on, I think. That's right. And, and perhaps also it occurs to me, Jonathan, that you know, legislation might need to be very focused to essentially say you shouldn't even have Google Glass on your face whether or not it's, it's on or not. Uh, and in that way, it takes away the whole issue of proof whether it was being used. Mm -hmm. I believe we have traffic laws in this country, and I don't purport to be an expert in this, but I believe, for example, you can't have open alcoholic beverages in your automobile. Um, mm -hmm. and that, that, that in and of itself is worthy of citation. So there isn't the issue of proof on that point of how much was being consumed at the time of driving. I mean, we also have, of course, laws that do deal with you know, driving under the influence. But I think just having open alcoholic containers in a car is uh, worthy of citation. Perhaps here, just having Google Glass on your face while driving might be enough just so uh, you don't have the proof issue and so people aren't tempted potentially to try to use it while driving. Yeah, I, I, so think, all, that's, uh, I think that's great advice. Yeah. So all that being said, um, thank you for joining us on this most recent Tech Law 10. Do let us know if you have thoughts for other topics as we embark on 2014. Uh, my name is Eric Sinrod. I'm your Dwayne Morris partner in San Francisco. My email is ejsinrod at dwaynemorris.com. Uh, as Jonathan will wrap us up, you should know that you can find us on Litter, Litter, <laughs> LinkedIn, Twitter. That was a good one. Uh, Facebook. Jonathan, why do you bring it home? Yeah, I'm uh, JP Armstrong at dwaynemorris.com. If you're based in New York, I'm over there uh, next week, and I'm doing uh, a uh, small event on uh, next Thursday evening, which I think is the 30th in New York. Um, if you are planning to come along and you listen to these podcasts, do introduce yourself. It's always nice to have feedback face-to-face, -face, and uh, we'll post those details uh, on the LinkedIn group page as well. All that remains is to thank you once again for listening. Hope you have a great week and we'll speak to you again soon. Take care. Cheers.